My guest today is Sean Millay. He is a filmmaker, a comedian, and a musician, and he's one of the most talented, creative, underrated creators in the world right now. I genuinely believe that. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation today because you're going to hear an exclusive behind the scenes, never before told story about him and Shia LaBeouf. You're going to hear a story about how he got a bunch of interviews with Ariana Grande and Tom Holland. And you're going to understand why he and Mark Norman are friends. Sean, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're an absolute legend in terms of video editing, creativity, and storytelling, and I'm excited to dive into the story here today. Okay, thank you. Um, too kind, I'll say, but uh, but thanks. I, I don't consider myself a legend, but that that's cool. A legend in the making. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. So I want to start off between the similarities between boxing and comedy. Okay. Um, <laughs> you you want me to to like to to talk about that? Please. Uh, hmm. You know, um, I would say. I get, honestly, the fear, I think, is, is similar when you're starting out. Like, I remember when I first started, like, doing boxing, I think it was high school, I, like, went into it, and, uh, you know, the fear of getting punched in the face is like, oh, my God, am I really about to go do that? Like, and then, like, asking people that already did it, you'd be like, wait, like, you know, does it hurt? Like, what is that like? And I think it's similar, like, starting stand-up, you're like, oh, my God, like, you got to get up there and try and make people laugh, and, like... What happens when they don't? And I think that's definitely a similar... The anxiety around it is for sure the same. Um, And then obviously you're like in front of an audience, I guess, and it's just you and them. And then in the case of boxing, it's somebody else. But uh, I think mostly it's the the fear and the, the, you know, the getting hit in the head is probably just about as scary as bombing in front of a large group of people, I would say. So I, I would say that's probably the similarities. When was the biggest fear for you with anything creatively? Hmm. Creatively, biggest fear. Um, honestly, it's funny because the more of a following I grow, I guess I get more fear because I'm like each video I post, it feels like there's more eyes on it, like and like right on the the jump, you know? And so when I do post something like that rap video or stuff like that, I'm like, damn, like if there's something I didn't see in this that's going to piss people off, I'm going to find out, you know? And so I think that it's like the more I grow, the more I'm like instilled with anxiety and fear and like, which is not how it should be, but you know, I'm just like a ball. I'm like this, this pillow thing. I'm just like a tangled mess of anxiety. So like that, that's kind of like, the biggest fear for me you're messing with that pill a lot you want you want to remove it or i kind of like playing okay yeah do you think it's distracting well it might be distracting okay, to the viewer I'll, I'll put the pillow down <laughs> i love it no but when you when you like thought about what it would feel like to have a large following versus what it actually feels mm. like right now what are the differences um, well, I would say it's like a lot of my comedian buddies probably are like, oh, like at first, like, whoa, Mr. TikTok, like, whoa, you have a big following. And it's like, I think they see it as like, like to me, it's like, I still feel like I have achieved nothing really. Like, I'm like, okay, I made some fun TikToks, but like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't feel like I've done really anything. So like, um, I would say it's like, it's like a moving goalpost, mm. like, um, cause I want to like maybe write for films or write films rather and like write for TV and stuff. And so, and I want to like make larger art, you know? And so it's cool to have a following, but it it sometimes feels like video game numbers like GTA or something where I'm like, Oh cool. I got like all this money and I could buy a GTA house. But like (laughs) in the grand scheme of life, it doesn't really feel like much, I guess. If that makes sense. Yeah. Not to be pessimistic. I'm grateful and all that. I'm like, it's cool. And I'm like, hopefully indicative of an ability to be creative in other worlds and stuff. But uh, for the most part, it's like, it's, uh, it's just, it's just one little building block on the artistic endeavor. Mm. When you say like larger art, what does that mean exactly? Um, I guess like. Like film and music, I want to do music and like even like, and also I, I, I go back and forth. Some days I'm like, maybe I'm just like aspiring to do something that I'm going to realize I'm not interested in. But like, like I like people like Bo Burnham, mm. uh, 
Childish Gambino, I think, is awesome because they're guys that, like, they do it all, you know? And, and especially Bo, because he started with YouTube. It's, like, makes music that I would listen to unironically, but then has these comedy specials that are also music. But, like, and then he's making movies and stuff. And I'm, like, I just think it's cool, like... He's not like he did vines and stuff and he did YouTube videos, but he also has like a special and like a TV show and all this stuff. And I would like to have more deeper artistic ventures like um, like I, I took Shakespeare in college and I, and I, I think Shakespeare's sick, dude. I, I read a lot and I was like, dude, this guy's deep as hell. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not discovering anything new by saying that, but um, like, I, I don't know. I want to try doing deeper like script writing and like stuff like that and i'm not gonna do that with tiktoks you know tiktok's cool and um i was saying before like uh it feels like i'm making them so that somebody in hollywood will reach down and be like hey now we'll give you money to go make something bigger like you know a movie's a thousand tiktoks you know <laughs> like so yeah that that's kind of what I, i'm thinking i don't know i might also be like an artistic diva by saying all that <laughs> somebody listening might be like this guy sucks dude. Like, i don't know so when did you realize you were creatively inclined well dude i remember in, uh when i was a kid uh my parents like had me audition for like a commercial and i remember being in the audition and apparently there was a callback but i was getting my tonsils removed and they told me about that they're like yeah they wanted you to come back to like try like try for again and i remember as a kid being like no like i could have been an actor and being in school like dude being in school like like in elementary school i'll be like i would have been so much cooler than all these kids if i was in a commercial like and i guess like ever since then i think i like wanted to be like famous like mm -hmm. as a kid but i was always like funny i remember like making kids laugh pretty easily and i also remember the turn like i remember being like in elementary school i remember like being able to I don't know why, but, like, you ever take CCD? No. It's like a Catholic thing, but, like, you'd go to, like, after school. There'd be, like... Anyway, I'd be disruptive by, like, saying, like, weird shit, like, peanuts and shit. Like, just, like, random shit would make kids laugh. And I remember the turning point where, like, it used to be really easy to make them laugh with nothing. And then it was all of a sudden, like, okay, now you have to be a little clever, you know? So, anyway. Was that a reflection of age or was that a I reflection think it was of... age. Okay. Yeah, I think it was age. I think it was, like, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I can't just, like, be... Ran but, anyway, like, I do... I was always, like, class clown, disruptive somewhat, so... You even uh, listed that on your resume. I did. As class clown was one of the first things you listed. On my resume... What, 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 you had... You saw my resume? Yeah. How'd you see my resume? We do our research here. Is it on LinkedIn? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I didn't know that anybody could. I thought I had to, like, uh, give it to somebody. To s oh, wow. Damn, I didn't know they... 3.6 GPA. Whoa. Jeez. I got to take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I got to reassess my LinkedIn profile. But, uh, yeah, I was always like that. So, I don't know. Um, pretty young, you know? I always feel, whenever people, like ask me that like when do you and i'm like oh, i was class client i always feel like uh i don't know like a narcissist well when i was a kid i was making kids laugh and i was always <laughs> a class clown but that is the truth i was good at it when i was a kid so i guess pretty young is the is the quick answer to that question what are like some of the the stories or a story that comes to mind with you being a class clown where it was like oh i'm chasing this feeling again is there any that come to mind of Mm. impactful moments um when i went to nyu definitely like um i started to like reachieve it because like when i first got there i remember feeling like oh this is like a prestigious school and i'm like nervous to like like everybody's probably super smart and at first i was pretty quiet in class and stuff but once i got through like a year or two i started to like ch you know started to chirp and stuff and i could get the <laughs> class laughing so uh i i would say that's when i the mo like when i would get it again and then at work sometimes like i'll i'll crack a joke in the office and uh or dur during a meeting and it, it'll it'll go over well sometimes so i definitely still have it i i stopped taking uh stopped taking adderall recently because i'm like i i was only prescribed it in college but i'm not as good at at being class clown on adderall i'm more like like, let me pay attention and, and, and but when i'm not that i'm a little more on the on the comedic ball so 
Well, what I find interesting is how social media and content is really just expanding your personality beyond the classroom and doing the same thing, but for a stadium of the world. Yeah, for real. Um, I, yeah, for like, it's, it's, uh, but it's hard too. Cause like, I mean, for me at least I'm like doing TikToks, and so, uh, it's like show it in a minute, you know? And so that's the hard part. Although podcasts are cool cause you can kind of show it, but I'm still trying to get good at podcasting because, like, I come on and I'm like, oh, God. And, like, cameras are rolling. I'm like, oh, geez. Like, everything I say is on the Internet now and stuff. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, like, an, it's an extension of your personality. And, and, and the better you can show it, if you have a fun personality, the, the better it'll do for you. 100%. So, you know, you mentioned being in your head. And I was talking to you before we press record about how you were interviewing some of the legends of comedy in Mark Norman and Young Gravy in terms yeah. of music. And you're talking about, I'm getting so nervous. Like you're interviewing them and letting them know that as it's going on. Yeah. And I appreciated that as the interview, but I'm curious why you actually got so nervous. It's just a human being on the other side. Uh, Cause I just get in my head and I'm like, it's just the knowledge that uh, I'm like, Oh, that's a camera. Like, yeah, nobody's in here right now, but like, there's somebody watching in the future mm -hmm. and like so with young gravy mark mark norman especially like he's a great guy he'll post i know he'll post the pop the whole podcast on his youtube so he gets like we i think he got like he's at like 25 or twenty six thousand views on that so i knew that sitting in the room with him and obviously I, I had control where i can edit out things if i need to but i'm also i respect the hell out of him and so it's just like wanting to be cool with him wanting his audience to like me all that stuff and so the whole time i'm sitting with him i'm like there's twenty five thousand people watching me right now you know like for the like technically and so i kind of get in my head like i'm getting better at not doing that uh but yeah and then i'll tell them too and i think it's like when, once i tell them it, being honest is a it's funny and b it's kind of like it, it loosens up it, it builds trust between us so it kind of loosens it up and then it's like all right now i can be comfortable because we're, we're, we're laughing about me being nervous and stuff so yeah what's been what's helped you get from more nervous to less nervous as a whole i think just doing it and uh just doing it enough times and eventually it's kind of like there's like a, a great scene in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David's like in this office and the, uh, the secretary has like an amazing view of the city behind her. And he's like, how long did it take you to get used to that view, like to not care about it anymore? And she was like, ah, a couple of weeks. He was like, it would take me 20 minutes. And I think that's great. It's it's there's so many things in life that is pertinent to, but it's also pertinent to like anxiety on podcasts where it's like you're anxious for like. 20 minutes and then you're used to it and it's like you get desensitized to the being on stage in the podcast on stand-up all of that and I, I just love that that scene because it reminds me of all that shit even like being famous if you were famous if i'm ever like famous actually i'm sure it's the same thing where it's like it's cool for a couple days and then it's like oh shit okay now it's just i can't go to the grocery store you know like so I keep I keep I keep taking your questions <laughs> way it's out good. to left field. But it's good. Yeah. So yeah. It's funny because like in a way, by doing creative things, it's like that is in a sense what is the result of being good at that. Right. Is is fame or is accomplishment or success. But it's like that also like won't mean anything. Right. So it's it's weird how what we're chasing often won't mean anything, and we realize that. Yeah. How for does sure. that land on you? Um. I yeah. I mean, I think like especially I feel it the most too. When I'll, I'll smoke weed sometimes <laughs> and get anxiety, and I'm like, damn, like all these my videos are all online. It feels like I'm always on a stage, and so I guess like yeah, like it's it's weird how like ever since a kid I like definitely daydreamed about being that sort of thing like fame and then like the closer i get to it which it, it sounds kind of lame to just have like a tiktok following and then to say like i'm anywhere near it but like it's funny how like okay like paul mccartney i'm sure he's sick of being asked about being in the beatles and so when i did this like tiktok thing like the teletubby thing it's like i 
it was like the, one of the more viral things I did in the beginning. It was all anybody would ask me about. And like, obviously that's not anywhere even close to being the Beatles. But like, I was like, damn, I see what it's like being Paul now. <laughs> like, where it's like, he's probably like, stop asking me about shit when I was 25. I'm 80 now. Like, so yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, we're all racing towards that thing. And then we'll get there and we're like, oh, okay, it's not what I thought it was. But I'm going to find out for myself. That's my goal. I'm going to get there, and then I'm going to get depressed about not liking it, but I'm going to do it because I said I would. So so you mentioned Mark Norman before. How did you and Mark Norman become friends, let's call it? Uh, dude, all right. So shout, shout out Gary V, who you, you've, you've interviewed. Uh, so he was making content about, like, if you admire somebody or if there's somebody you want to be like, offer to work for them for free. So during COVID, Mark Norman was doing these like uh, vlogs where he was like in the park and he was like doing stand up in the park. And and the, the thing I love was he was showing him bomb, even though he was already a respected comedian that was pretty well known. Even at that time, he was filming himself in the park doing stand up for people sitting in grass. They didn't get it. He's coming off like the stage, like wiping his forehead like that was brutal. And I loved those vlogs. I was like, this is the coolest looking to stand up ever. So. I DM'd him. I was like, dude, I'll film for you for free anytime. And he was like, all right, come to the Stress Factory in September. I was like, no way. Went with my camera, filmed the behind backstage, filmed the set. We hung out that night. And then I edited the video together. And it did like, at the time, it was one of his maybe like third or fourth best performing video. And so he was grateful for that. And then I did like this podcast where we wrote a joke together and then he tried it on stage at the end. And I was, I, I had the idea for it and I texted him like, Hey, would you do this? He's like, yeah, I owe you. And then since then I've just had his number and I, I'll, I'll annoy the shit out of him. I'll text <laughs> him stuff. And so it, but basically what I'm the summation of that is like, it works text people or offer to work for free and you'll make a connection with them. Even, uh, you know, Trevor Wallace, same thing, offered to film him for free. He didn't even use what I filmed, but now he follows me. I can text him if I need to. I, I don't, I'm not as nearly as close with him, but he was nice enough to respond and let me film. And now I have a connection with him. So, you know, work for free for people you like. And you mentioned Gary Vee before. How did you get involved uh, with him? Yeah. So I, I started, uh, I like applied to VaynerMedia like a, a few times before I even did TikTok. And then uh, summer of COVID. I was uh, was heartbroken about a girl, and uh, I was like not making TikToks or anything. And then somebody on his team was like, "Hey, we need like a TikTok editor for Gary. Are you interested?" I was like, "Sure." Edited for him for three months, and then I was like, "It was cool at first, but I was like, it's all his videos are like, you gotta quit your job and and do what you love." And I'm like, "Dude, like I, I'm I don't like I, he his videos were inspiring me to quit his job, so." <laughs> So like I quit, like I put in my two weeks and then uh, he FaceTimed me. He was like, "Yo, I have this idea. Like, you should work for my media company." So then I ended up like moving to that company. But it started out. I just was like editing his TikToks. Wow. Yeah. And and then like, at what point do you say to yourself like, "All right, like, I'm enjoying this. How do I go about doing it myself for myself?" Um, like you mean like quitting Gary to do it for me? Yeah. Uh, it was just like, I hate this. I'm sitting in my parents' house every day, and I'm going to, like, like I, I just can't do this. You know, what the? I, I was just like, I could do... Basically, I was like, I'm going to try and make money off YouTube and TikTok because I already had a following. I just... And I was over the girl. So, like, <laughs> that, that also helped. Um but yeah, so I was just like, I'm gonna quit and I'm in the comfort of my parents' house. But then he was like, oh, you can work for my company. And so then I moved to that, the, you know, it was more like, okay, you could do shit for yourself. But uh, yeah, it was just like, it, I had the privilege and all that crap of like being in my parents' house. So like, that was really what made it easy, you know? For sure. How do you come up with ideas? Um, hmm. It depends, like, so, like, the rap video you liked, where it was, like, I tricked these rappers into featuring on my song. That was, like, somebody at work, he's, like, the music guy, and he was, like, hey, do you want to, uh, do you want to interview people at Rolling Loud again? And I was, like, sure, and I was just, like, I was coming off the Beeple thing, which was, like, literally, it's just, like, me making somebody laugh in those two instances, which is, like, oh, I'm about to talk to this person that's big, 
and I'm like, oh, I should just do this, right? And they were like, they laughed. So okay, like, explain the Beeple one and explain okay, that. Okay, so the Beeple one was Beeple's like the third most li- valuable artist alive. And he was going to be at our company because like we made this documentary about him and I had the, uh, and I knew he was going to be there and I was like, oh, I should just like go up to him and be like, oh, can I show you a magic trick? And then make him draw a stick figure and then just walk away with it. And I told that to somebody in a car and they laughed and I was like, and they were like, you got to do that. I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then that ended up going pretty viral. And so, because like sometimes to me, if I like through work, I get to interview cool people like Young Gravy was one of them. And so sometimes to me, the funny thing to do is be like, how can I walk away with something from like, how can I make this about me? And like, <laughs> and so like, you know, in a, in a harmless way. And so that was how that one kind of transpired. And then like the rap video what happened was, you know, I'm going rolling loud. I'm going to interview like 15 rap artists. And I was like, oh, it'd be funny to like make them read my raps and put them all in a song. And the guy at work again was like, oh, that's funny. You should do that. I was like, all right. But both like that kind of felt like, you know, when you watch like the Seinfeld or The Office, the later seasons, you could tell they're kind of like they're writing it as if they're like trying to write the first season. again. Like they're they're like they found the formula and you could see that they're just following the formula that's what the rap video was like to me i hate that video because wow. i'm like i'm like ah it's just me doing the formula of the last video so that one was kind of easy to come up with but other ones like uh it's just sitting and thinking or like walking without my phone and then like being like like imagining something until i'm like oh that's something and then just like kind of fleshing it out i'm hoping to make more like short film TikToks moving forward so I can be like less of a, a vlog guy, you know, like real life and more like make shit up so that I can eventually like write for TV or movies. But yeah, the uh, the way to come up with ideas is just pace without your phone and write them down when they when they fall upon your head is usually <laughs> or you're you're talking to a friend and then they're like uh, you know, oh this happened and then I'm, it makes you think of something and you gotta write it down right away. So it's it's always different, but that that's usually how it comes about. It's fascinating to me that you don't get the same enjoyment from the rap video as the people one because you already did it and you it felt like you were exploiting a formula. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just like it was fun and I like I, I was like proud of like the song and like all that, but I'm like it didn't feel like clever or fulfilling or anything like that. It was just kind of like phoned in, not phoned in, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it was just like exploiting the thing that you already knew. Yeah. Which is like, I'm like getting something out of my interview for myself. And, and there's people too. Like I have, I have a friend that did a video once on TikTok, and it was her as a clown and she was smoking a cigarette and she was like, and it went viral. It was like her first video. She's like, do I have to be a clown for the rest of my life? And I was like, no, like it's your personality that works. But I totally get, you'll see people on TikTok. They'll have a viral video. And then every video after that is like a, a, a cookie cutter version of the same thing. And I'm not like shitting on them, but to me, I lose enjoyment after that first one. I'm like, okay, what's next? You know? So um yeah what would what would the idea be with interviewing rappers that would have found you fulfillment Mm. you know i don't know that there is one maybe uh maybe if i had like fabricated something like if it was more like um like if i like if it was something that was clearly scripted but used them as actors actors in it maybe but also Maybe I wouldn't have been fulfilled just by interviewing them. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I think it's just like, it's also too just TikTok and being like, as cool as TikTok is and the ability to like show people like you being creative and stuff and like build a following and all that, there's a level of like, you know, it doesn't, it it doesn't reach a certain artistic fulfillment. Like, um, like if you're, if you're, a, f- a rock artist or you make really good music and all of a sudden you start going viral because you're making like 30 second songs on TikTok and they're all going viral eventually you're gonna be like well i want to make an album you know like yeah and so i think that's part of it and also it's just like i never wanted to be a prank guy you know like that's what these last two videos were it's like real life prank stuff and then i went through my top youtube videos and besides some stand-up stuff it's like 
vlog in nature. And I'm like, ah, I would rather it be like made up funny things than I went and did this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I, there, that's not to say that I love those videos when other people do them. It's just not me, I guess. Yeah. It, it reminds me of something that it's like almost where we're sacrificing something for retention. Yes. And I don't know what it is exactly, but I think it's hard to, if you look at a Netflix show that you really like, and it doesn't hook you in the first 30 seconds, yeah. that's okay. Yes. But if you look at a YouTube video and it's not engaging in the first 30 seconds, people click off and then they get upset that people click off. But it's right. like, there's something beautiful about the Netflix that you let it breathe, that you're like, all right, I'm going to sign up for a season. Or I'm going to sign up for multiple episodes right. before I judge it. But then at the same time, it is interesting how like you watch old films like from like the fifties and stuff. And it's like, they do let shit drag. And I'm like, and people are like, Oh, TikTok's changing our, the way we watch stuff. And I'm like, is it that, or is it that we just didn't realize we do like shit quicker than we thought? Like the people that made films to start thought we had to let shit drag. And I don't know. I'm not saying like, you know, there's classic great films back then, but like, uh, I don't know if it's changing the way we view things or we're realizing, oh, like, we do like being entertained through every second. And, like, although, I don't know, there's, like, a great Louis C.K. bit about, like, he talked on Conan about not using his phone because you want to be bored sometimes. You have to let yourself be bored. So I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still figuring it out myself, but it's fun to it's fun to ponder. Yeah, it is. Well, if this is what is going on right now, what is the future of media and consumption in terms of video in Dude, general? I saw somebody posted the other day, I think it was like Lad Bible or something. It was like the new live action Hercules movie is going to be inspired by TikTok. And everybody was like, oh, this is trash. And I'm like, does that mean they're going to edit it like a TikTok? Like, is it going to be every second is... Although there's movies like that. Like, I feel like um, the guy that does like Shaun of the Dead, you know, I, don't, I forget... Uh, I forget who does that, but like those, there's certain movies that are really fast. But even Scott Pilgrim, like I feel like that's like somewhat TikTok in nature, in that it's like very fast-paced editing and cuts and stuff. So, but the future of like this, I don't know. I think it's like uh, maybe more films will be like that, but it's hard. It's hard to gauge. It's hard to say. Also, like, people make f their TikToks based on what they see working. Like, every YouTube video now feels like a cookie-cutter Mr. Beast, where it's like, I did this. I climbed Mount Everest on a treadmill, which actually was a sick video. I, <laughs> I saw that, and it was a good video, but it's like, same style thumbnails, you know, some guy with a lot of something or a lot of time of something, and so it might just be that we're all being inspired by what's happening now, but uh, 10 years from now it might be like slow shit works. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about it, especially because you're, you're so in it. How much does being in the TikTok algorithm, seeing what's hot, seeing what's trending, impact your thinking and, and your being? Um, well, I don't watch TikTok. Uh, I watch YouTube shorts, but right now it's mostly like <laughs> it's mostly Muhammad Ali videos. Really? I think it's just because I watched like two and now every t every video is like Muhammad Ali <laughs> being interviewed about something. But I enjoy them. But I'm like, why is it my YouTube all Muhammad? So anyway, I, I don't watch TikTok just because uh, partly I get like a, a some in some ways FOMO. I'm like, oh, I should be making I should be making something. But also like, I don't know. I just don't watch it. Just like and, and which I think is good. I saw. I saw a video of Orson Welles, which, again, I hate to compare TikTok to Orson Welles-level filmmaking, but, like, he was like, young filmmakers, stop, don't, uh, what did he say? Don't soak yourself in films. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you watch films, of course, but basically the, the, when the less you watch, the more you have to say was, like, his theory. And you're not going to be, like, um, persuaded by all these other films you watch. And again, I'm not saying that's the case with TikToks, but it might be the microcosm of what he's saying. So sometimes when I do make a TikTok, I think it, it might be different than what everybody else is making because I'm not watching. I don't know what's working. 
I just know that you have to keep people engaged. I know the the core rules, which is like hook them right away, keep them engaged throughout. Don't have anything you're not supposed to have. Like in the sense that like you know keep the the watch time uh, high. So cut the fat. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't need to know what's working on TikTok. As long as you know how to tell a story and keep it interesting, it's gonna it's gonna do well. Why do you think we're so fascinated by story in general? Uh, I think it's like maybe biological. It's like you know, you know they 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 say like because it's like if some guy back then comes into the cave and he's like some guy got eaten by a tiger in the woods, and he tells you it's like we we know how to survive through story because we're like okay we listen to a story and we're like all right now I know not to go into the woods at night or whatever. So it's partly that. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. I think you're getting into psychology though, but yeah, it's just it's interesting. I, that's why I was telling you, I think it was pre-pod, like there, like with podcasts. Like if I were to make a clip out of a podcast, the easiest thing to make go viral is a story because it's like it makes people watch to the end usually. Commentary is like, oh, that this is why I like making TikToks or like this is, this is what I think about Kanye. <laughs> but story is like there was a guy in the bar last night and he pulled out a, a, a sword and it's like, oh, what happened next, you know? And so... I don't know. It just keeps us. It keeps us engaged. Okay, so you went to a bar with a hundred thousand YouTube subscriber plaque. What happened? <laughs> oh, dude, how did you hear? Where did you find this one? <laughs> you you do your homework, I guess. You mind? Uh, yeah, I went to I went I went to a bar with my plaque. Well, I was walking out of my apartment, and the plaque was in the mail room on my way out. And I was like kind of running late, but also I was like, ah, oh, to put it in my bag. I don't feel like running upstairs. I'll just put it in my bag. And then I went to the bar for a show, did my stand-up set. And then I was like, hey, you want to see this? My buddy. And he was like, oh, let's see it. Took it out. And then some girl, some girl that was in the audience that was talking the whole time came up and she was drunk. And she was like, oh, my God, I guess, I guess you were. I should have listened, huh? Like, because the, I had the plaque. I was like, yeah, I guess so. And then she was Listen like, oh. to what? Sorry, listen to your stand-up set. Oh, okay. And um, I was like, yeah, I guess you should have. And then she's like, oh, can I touch it? Because it's in this, like, plastic wrap. I was like, sure. And then she, like, she touched it. And then, How'd that feel? Uh, it was cool. I, I was, like, wielding my, my, my micro fame, my yeah. YouTube fame. Uh-huh. And, then, uh, and then she was like, oh, you should come drink with us. And there was this guy next to her that was like, come on, we got to go. And she's like, hey, you want to come with us? I was like, nah. And then, and then like she like got my Instagram, left, and then she was like DMing me later like we gotta hang, but like I went to her like tagged photos and realized like a, a photo from like a year before was her and that same guy and it was like it was like a wedding party, it's her in a wedding dress, and I'm like no way dude like no way a married chick is is flirting with me right now, and then. I, that, but that that was pretty much like she we almost hung out but like I, I i figured it was like an open relationship based on what she was saying but we decided against it we decided i i, I was like you can't do this and i talked to somebody later <laughs> talked to somebody later was like no their 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 relationship's pretty much over i was like all right well then what it was just weird like she was like inviting me to go out to drink with him <laughs> and her friends and they weren't married anymore i don't know it was weird dude but YouTube plaque, dude. All you need is hundred k on YouTube, and you can get married chicks. Basically, is the is the thesis is the is what I took away from that. You got hundred k on YouTube yet? No. Nah, you can't get married chicks. Then. So good. That's an avenue I want to stay away from. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Don't don't home wreck. Don't home wreck. But if you do, tell about talk about it on a podcast because uh, it's good fodder, I guess. How much has doing what you've done on TikTok and being in, in the comedy world, like how much has that impacted your life in terms of like random crazy stories happening? Um, hmm. Not only one really. What about Ken? Oh, you heard, dude, this is the third. <laughs> God. Oh my God. The Ken story, dude. And I want to tell you probably the Shia LaBeouf story too. But Please. Uh, the Ken story. Well, I did have a good show once, and this girl... Okay, in fairness, I think... Like, we were friends before this, and I misread it as she was into me, I guess. <laughs> but uh, 
God, I hate telling this story because I'm just waiting because we're still basically. So we, we, I have a good set, right? And this girl that came to see me was like, let's go get drinks. We go and get drinks at this bar. It's like a Russian bar. And there's this old guy sitting next to me in a suit, glasses. And there's a Russian doll on the table, on the bar. And I'm playing with it. He's like, oh, that's neat. It's like there's smaller ones inside it. I'm like, that's how Russian dolls work. You know, like you're, you're got to be 50. You've definitely seen Russian dolls. But, but I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Whatever. And then he gets the same drink I have. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then so... My the girl is sitting to this side of me. He's on this side, and she sees I'm talking to him, and she's like, she starts talking to him. And I'm like, all right, we'll do this for a little bit. We'll entertain this weird guy, and he's telling us about being an accountant and stuff. And then I was like, all right, you want to go back to my place or maybe do another bar? And she was like, let's go to another bar. And the guy's name was Ken, and she's like, Ken, do you want to come? <laughs> and I was like, ah, what? Like I'm thinking that I'm with this girl, and he's like, hmm, you know what? I do. <laughs> And I'm like, Ken, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? And so we go outside, and I'm like, I, I don't know if I want to go anymore. And they, they were like, ah, really? And she's like, Ken, do you still want to go? I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like, no way. And so I texted her. I was like, oh, if you're uncomfortable, I'll still come. Because I was like, I don't know. I felt like maybe she was just being nice to him. And, like, we're in the taxi, and I'm in the middle seat. And I'm, like, car sick. And they're talking over me about, like, weird shit about, like, Princess Diana being a cover-up and how to kill somebody and get away with it. And I'm just like, what are these people, what are they talking about? And, and then we get to like this jazz club and he's buying a bottle. He's asking if we want food. And I probably, uh, she was probably being smart. She was probably like, let's milk this guy for free food and drinks. Uh, but I'm just like, I don't want to be here. So I ended up leaving. And he was like, let me get your info, man. I'll text you. And, and, and I, I would love to meet up again. And I'm like, okay, I guess. And like, he texted me that night. He's like, would love to connect again. And she texted me. And she's like, Ken's great. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. And we're we're still friends. Like recently, she got me a fun gig that I got to do. And so, it's all it's all been out with the wash or whatever. But uh, I get nervous telling this on pods because I'm like, she's gonna see it eventually, and she's gonna be like, what the hell? Like, it was because of this. And I'll be like, ah, it was because. If you do see it, I hope you don't, but I love you. I, you know, I, I, for, I, I forgive that night. <laughs> is Ken his actual name? Yeah. You're well, a wild boy for saying You're wild for, for using it. his actual name. Dude, well, it, I would say to bleep it, but it's this is the third pod <laughs> where I've said Ken, so I'm pretty much in it at this point. And he's got he's a rich accountant that was saying how to kill people and get away with it. So if I go missing... Go to link. Go. Go to go to my phone. Unlock my phone. Uh huh. And go to the Ken. You'll find his number. Just type it in on the search. He'll be like, "Hey, great meeting you last night." <laughs> You'll find the number. That's who to prosecute. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Damn, I'm gonna start making up names for these. <laughs> Third pod. You just figured that out. Dude. What about what about Sean? What about um? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia okay. LaBeouf. Okay. I'll because. I tried saying it on stage once. It did well, but I'm like, do I just like make a... F All right, I'll just tell you it. I'll just tell you it. <laughs> Please. Okay, so Shia LaBeouf was doing this event. This was like when I was in college. I was a sophomore, and it was right when Trump was being inaugurated. He did this like... Uh, I guess it was a protest. It was like him in Queens in Astoria at like the a museum in like a dirt lot, and he had a webcam on the wall. And he was just standing in front of it. It was live streaming. And he was just like, he will not divide us. And like doing that all night. And it was supposed to be like, I guess, a protest. So I see this. I go online. And I'm like, oh, it's 30 minutes from where I am in my dorm. And it's raining out. And I look at the webcam. And it's just Shia LaBeouf. Nobody's there. And I'm like, I could go there right now and just chill with Shia LaBeouf. And I ask my friends, I'm like, you guys want to go? And they're like, nah, nah. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going. How did you know the location? So it was like broadcasted. It was like it's at the Museum of Moving Image or something in Queens. And like nobody, I was like, no, there's an A-list celebrity just chilling in this dirt lot and nobody's there. So I went there and I get there and there was like, now there's two, I, I show up, Shia's in the dirt lot, but there's like two people, maybe three around him. 
And he's like standing there. He's like, he will not divide us. And people are kind of like, uh, he will not divide. Like they're not <laughs> into it. But I show up and I'm into it, dude. I'm like, I started getting it going. I was like, he will not divide us. And like it started to be more like a sporting event, you know. And like I was like changing up. Like he will not divide. And like we're getting into it. It started to get fun. And then all of a sudden Shia walks away and like sits in the other side of the lot. And obviously we're only there doing it. They're doing it because he's there. So everybody kind of stops. And this guy comes over with a pizza and he's like, he's like his delivery guy. He's like, this was uh, sent from London. Somebody called in. They love what you're doing. So this is from London. So, I get to like some guy takes it and I walk over with him with just napkins and he like because I took the napkins and he like was giving it out but he went to give it to Shia LaBeouf and he's like oh thanks man and uh, I was like this is sick like we're just like chilling with him and then these people came to like protest the protest and they're arguing and they're like you know they're like Trump people and I tried to keep the peace I was like hey you could you could like you could say he will not divide us because you believe it you like trump you could say he won't divide us and it didn't work they're all arguing i was like all right, i'm gonna get out of here and i told all my friends about it when i got home i was like dude i was just with shia labeouf and they were like no what like now it became real and they thought it was cool so the next day they all agree to go i roll a joint because i'm like i'm gonna smoke this with shia labeouf go where he's going to do it every day he's doing it 24 hours a day oh every day he's there he went he had a hotel nearby i think so he was like he was like he would sleep for a little bit come back and the next day so i rolled up his joint and my friends got a bag of uh mushrooms because he was like a crazy drug guy that would like experiment with drugs and shit and he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get shy to eat some shrooms with me i'll make them if i have to i was like all right, all right i don't know about that but like sure and so we're on union square or we're on 14th street like on the sidewalk and he's got this big tinfoil bag of shrooms and he's feeding them to us and making us eat them and like i didn't really want to eat them so i had like a couple but i put them in my pockets uh like when he wasn't looking i would just put them in my pockets and then i had the joint too so now we're on the train we go there and today it's a big crowd and it's like more like it's like a party and they're all shouting and so my friends were all get right in the mix and i remember seeing my friend like sneaking up to shy like the shrooms guy was like sneaking up through the crowd to get to him did shy recognize you as a day one no, no, no. He was like, he very much was just there to be in this, like, like he was in his own little performance art world <laughs> where he's like, nothing else matters. But uh, so, so anyway, so everybody's jumping, saying he will not divide us, right? And then all of a sudden, like, five cop cars pull up into the lot, like, it, right uh, into the road next to this lot we're in they like speed up slam on their brakes and they all run out of their cars at me nobody else but me start patting me down and i'm like oh is it the shrooms is it the joint and they walk away come back pat me down again and the whole crowd's watching me shia labeouf's watching and then they're like all right he's good and they walk back to the cars and i'm like what the hell was that so i like walked up to the cars and the first guy i talked to is like i'm like hey what what was that he's like don't worry about it I'm like what do you mean don't worry about it and then like the big sergeant comes over and he was like hey kid come here and i was like what's up and he was like so we got a phone call from somebody that said that a guy in a red hat had a firearm at this event and you have a red hat but what we realize is the only other person here that has a red hat is Shia LaBeouf. So somebody called as a prank to say Shia LaBeouf had a firearm. They were hoping he'd get arrested, and I just showed up at the wrong time. And I was like, oh, okay. So they gave me this little like thing that said I got frisked, and I was like, the whole crowd kind of dispersed now. And I forget the order of operations. I think it was... I went up to Shia because because uh, people are getting photos with him, and I was like, "Hey, can I get a photo with you?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "So they thought you were me?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "I got a joint though. If you want to smoke, I rolled it so we could smoke it with you." And he was like, "Yeah, maybe when the cops leave because I'm on probation." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And then uh, now everybody's like away from the camera that's live streaming, and mind you, I'm kind of you know I've, I've eaten shrooms at this point. I don't feel them that much, but I feel them. And I went up to the camera. And my naive college kid brain is like, oh, I'm going to, like, try and be funny for this camera. And I was like, oh, you guys tried getting me arrested real funny. But, like, I said, like, something like make me a meme, guy in red hat. Just me wanting to be famous without any sort of effort, right? I'm just like, I'm going to say shit to this camera. 
And I probably like had a bad set, you know, I probably said like unfunny things in hindsight, but I walk away from the camera and I look at my Twitter and right away, like notifications coming in, like this guy, like some are fans like, oh, you're funny, but some are like cringe, idiot, like mean shit. And I was like, oh, no. And like all of a sudden I get a phone call from my mom. And she's like crying. She's like, I don't know what's happening. There's people commenting on my Instagram saying you're a whore. <laughs> and like, and like calling her like um, names. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. And, and then she's like, sent me a screenshot. Somebody DM'd her like, hey, I frequent gay bars with your son. He's addicted to coke and I'm worried about him. Oh Just getting creative. Like really trying to like, I don't know. Like so creative that like that she has to believe it. Because like why would they... Where do you pull that out of your ass? That's like they fine. knew that if they made some random story up, and then they were like, somebody. Oh, and so because of, like the thing was that I had a firearm, right? Like they photoshopped me with a rifle at this event and sent it to her, and she's like, oh she's like, I, I, you have a gun at this event? I'm like, no, like it's just the internet, like. I don't know what happened. And then I ended up talking to like the museum curator was there and he was like, Oh, you gotta like, you gotta deactivate your socials cause they'll hack it. They hacked our website and like, I'm on shrooms now. And like my phone is yelling at me. Like I'm like, I, I'm like trying to understand the fabric of the universe, but also like figure out why people online are calling me gay. <laughs> you know, Like that's what they're saying. Like a, just like the word name, a slur. They called me it. Like wow. it was every, they sent a picture of my niece like she's like three years old. Oh they God. sent it to my mom, and they were like, "Looks like a, looks like a Jew or something." Like crazy shit, dude. Wow. I was like, "What the hell, dude?" And then I deactivated everything. They were this upset because you told you had a bad set. Basically. No, you know what it was. I think it was like it was a mix of like. So this event, there's actually a documentary that was made about this event that I I had a I, I tell the story in. And I was glad that I got to tell it here because I was a little more charismatic than I was in that documentary. I was a little <laughs> nervous. I was like, ah. But be, th that event ended up having like, it, it's kind of a cool story. Like these people on Reddit basically hated this event, whether or not it was because they liked Trump or just because they didn't like Shia LaBeouf's what they saw as performative activism or whatever. They they kept getting this event shut down, oh, okay. and so he would move locations, and eventually. He the, the the final place that he had this event was it was a camera pointed up at the sky uh, uh, with a he will not divide us flag right and it was like just sky and the flag and they pinpointed this location based on flight patterns they saw planes <laughs> overhead and constellations they were able to figure out the general location of this flag and then the final um way they found the location was they had somebody go they had it like i think it was like a 10 mile maybe five mile radius and so they had somebody go to this location the five mile radius and drive around town beeping their horn oh my god until somebody on the live stream heard the horn and then they like fucked with the flag. i don't know what they did they like fucked with the flag and they, they finally shut it down but uh have you seen that guy geo raider a little side note here the this dude will He's on TikTok. I yeah. don't know if it's GeoRaider or something else, but he'll basically be able to find any position on the map yes, based on a yes. quick look at it. It, it was like that, wow, dude. Like it, and it was like, so, you know, I was just, I was like a character in this uh, story yes. that to them was like a villain. I guess, that was part of it, I guess. And, and they might have just been like, this kid sucks. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it was, but it was, uh, it was definitely like, it was a scary few moments where I realized the power of the internet and also, oh, wow, like, it didn't feel like it. It's like a little webcam on a wall, and I'm like, oh, I'm just, like, talking to it. You neglect that there's a, an audience of possibly 100,000 watching you. So there was that, too. But, yeah, I deactivated, and then, like... Deactivated what? My social media is just for a few days, and, like, it kind of died down. I had a YouTube video that ended up getting, like, 100 dislikes that, like, had... That like there was no views, but then they all went and disliked my shit, and like, it was scary, dude. I was just like, damn, like, did I just make myself a joke of the internet? But yeah, that was my uh, my Shia LaBeouf bit. I, I I once in a while to this day, people will be like, is that the red hat guy? Wow. <laughs> but like, yeah. Have you spoken to Shia since? No, no. I mean, I I I got the okay to smoke a J with him, but then I, you know. Once all that happened, right after, I was like, I'm getting out of here. My friends, we went home. We had we went to like an Applebee's in Times Square. 
and they just like talk me off the you know the the metaphorical ledge right yeah how, how does that imprint on you like going forward creating content like having that experience um hmm um not really like i guess i kind of think about how like you know you can go viral easier than you think like i think that's part of it like people are like they're dying to go viral and they think it's some like mystical thing but it's like nah like you know what i've realized it's this it's like it's easy to go viral but not for the reasons you want it's much harder to make something you're proud of and go viral so like yeah anybody could go like shit on the statue of liberty and go viral but you don't want to be the guy that shit on the statue of liberty and i think that's kind of what i realized which is yeah, it's easy to get people to look at you, but it's not always for the reason you want. Yeah, that's a, a good takeaway. What about getting people to look at you for interviewing Ariana Grande and Tom Holland? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun. I just was like... Explain that to people. Okay, so I uh, I just, you know, I realized that if, you, uh, if people do webcam interviews, it's much easier to fake th that you're interviewing them because... Uh, you know you're not you don't have to be in the same location like if i had to fake being here with you i would need something that looks like this but if there are you know during covid everybody was doing webcam interviews so i can make it look like i was interviewing them and so uh i i would just like f watch an interview of tom holland or ariana on webcam find the most like poignant things they would say like in the case of tom there's a moment where he stands up and shows his bare legs because he's like there was a joke running where he was like, oh, I do my webcam interviews without pants. And so I was like, all right, I clipped that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to make it look like Tom's flashing me. Like, and so I watched that and then you just like piece together a little story. So I'm like, uh, with Tom, I was like, uh, oh, is it, how does it make you feel when they talk about Spider-Man's bulge? And he's like, there was a moment in the interview where he's like, oh, it's way bigger than it used to be. But he's talking about his trailer. But I was like, oh, I'm going to make it sound like he's talking about his bulge. And then he like, and then he, I, I have him flash me and stuff. So like that stuff was fun because it's funny and it's like clearly fake. And uh, I, I don't mind people looking at me for that because it's comedy. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not like something like, um, you know, like I said, shitting on the Statue of Liberty right. or, or just like begging people to look at me for some other reason. So that that was fun. I, I do wonder if he's seen it. I have to assume he's seen it because uh, it's got like 30 million views, I think. Jeez. And so I'm sure because the world like the world's smaller than you'd think. I'm sure there's somebody that is remotely close to him. It's like, hey, did you see this? I just hope he wasn't like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> and then there was other comments, too, that was like, oh, Weird Al used to do fake interviews. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure like even nightly shows, they they would make it look like you're interviewing the president. And it's like I, I didn't mean it as if I like had some novel idea, but because the video that went the most viral was me explaining how I did it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, you could see this the whole time. I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. You look good, man. Thanks. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad I wore this shirt. See my pink socks? Cool. So like at your core, what would you describe yourself as? Like, is it a comedian? Is it an actor? Is it a filmmaker? Is it something else? Like, how would you... Like, what fills you with the most joy in your soul and, and what are you mm. i'm still figuring that out i get pretty sad sometimes because i'm like what the hell am i doing with my life you know um so i don't know there's a guy that likes making stuff i guess uh you know bo burnham you watch him at all uh i've heard of him i've never, okay. never watched him definitely check him out He's where great. should i start um great question i would start with one of his uh music specials uh that aren't inside inside is like his most recent one but it's like uh it's a little, little uh i mean you could start with that one but it's like a slower slower burn at times and it's also like darker than others but he just does like musical comedy but one of the running themes in his stuff is like oh i just want to be funny like he's like oh i just want to be a comedian and make people laugh and stuff but like it really feels like he wants to be like a uh, savant or like Da Vinci, you know, because like, he's like very like he's much more than a comedian. He's like a filmmaker, uh, like whatever. And so I, I, I aspire to be that cool. I don't know that I could do it, but like filmmaker, I just like making shit and, and uh, I would like to make music. That's cool. Like maybe for movies, like. I like the soundtrack to up like i feel like i could make something like that like i don't know i just like making shit and i'm figuring it out day by day and a year from now i might be like oh shit like 
finance. I just want to be a finance guy. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes I'll do a pod. There was another pod I did where they were like, oh, you said this on a pod. I was like, I did? Like, yeah, you said you wanted to be something like this. I'm like, oh, well, that's not the case anymore. So I don't know. It's weird doing pods. Like, uh, it's weird being interviewed because it's like, it feels like, a, like I, I enjoy it, but I'm like, damn, it's not like I, I feel like I'm a bracket. You ever have a birthday and everybody's singing for you? And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. enough. It's all right. Like, I feel, <laughs> that's what this feels like sometimes. I'm like, ah, I'm just a guy. You're just a guy. We're all just guys. Yeah. But, but sometimes it's helpful to shine a light on a guy or a girl and to look at them and be like, what is it? What is your experience right now? And how is this experience shaping what the things you're creating and putting out into the world? Yeah. And so that's what I hope to do. I don't hope to sing happy birthday for no reason. I hope to ask what is what does this birthday mean to you how is this how is this landing on you and how could you use this birthday to reflect into a better reality going forward that's kind of what i hope to do by these yeah interviews. that's sick what is you what is your long-term goal what do you want to be i want to sell out madison square garden for a live podcast that's sick that's yeah. really cool and so i i say all this to say like i'm doing the thing right now and I find fulfillment in the thing. And I just want to make it bigger. And it sounds kind of similar to you, where you're like, you are doing the thing that you want to be doing. You just want to do the art bigger. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, which really resonates. Yeah, it's just like the, uh, it goes back to that thing. It's like, you know, 30 second song versus an album. Like, and, yeah. and, and you're, you're creating that larger thing. You just, you want to get the audience to be bigger, it seems. A hundred percent. What is a challenge you could leave people with. I, I often like to end these podcasts with challenges because yeah. I feel like you could talk all you want, but what is the person going to do in that's listening in their next thing, in their life, in their day-to-day, -day, or their week, or their month, or how should they think? And so I like to spur some action at the end of these. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that comes to mind for a challenge? A challenge. Hmm. Um, I guess do that thing that you don't want to do. So it's like, but you know, it's better for you. So like, um, I think, or maybe even, let me think, let me think. Hmm. It's hard. Cause, uh, people, they all, we all want different things. So it's like, if you want to be a creator or an art artist or whatever, I would challenge you to like, make a TikTok, you know, some people like look down upon it, but I'm like, no, like have your voice be heard, like add, add to the conversation. Like I would say like put yourself out there. Uh, but like for people that want to just like, listen, who, what do you think you're, let me ask you that. What is your audience? I would say they're people who are creators, creators, entrepreneurs, people who are thoughtful, people who are trying to, um, uh, they're looking at the world of content and saying, like, I'd like to do that, too. Okay. Or or, I, or like an entrepreneur or somebody creating something and putting that out. I tool. would say make something that you are interested in making but feel like it would, uh, like, be too weird or you're nervous to post for your current audience or your friends and family. I would say I would challenge you to just do it and then accept that, uh, accept that they're going to see it and it doesn't matter what they think um because that's something i struggle with even is like i i i'll make like i want to make uh i wrote something yesterday where it was like a, more like sad and like fake and it's a voiceover and it's like it's not normally what i'm doing so i, I feel like that's what i want to challenge people to do is like make something and post something that you're uncomfortable to and then realize, oh, this isn't a big deal. The the funny thing about TikTok and how social media is going currently is that it is more it's more friendly to that. In that if something is seen by less people, like your your post today it doesn't have to do anything with the post you did yesterday. Yeah. And so you would think like you you know that, and so you therefore will We'll just post whatever comes to mind. You'll post an interesting thought you just had for three seconds, or but it seems like you're you're still having trouble with that idea. For sure, for sure. I mean, 
It's just like uh, because a the 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 bigger following, I, I assume more people will see it. But also on Instagram, it's like everybody I've ever met. I, I've, it's like a little Pokedex of like anybody that I know is following me. So like my aunt is gonna see it. You're gonna see it. But I'm not. That's the thing. Like yeah. I'm not necessarily going to. Yeah. And you're assuming that every person who follows you is going to see it, but I don't think social right. media works like that anymore. And yeah, exactly. That is what I like about the algorithm too. Is it's like if the video is bad, it, it doesn't serve it to anybody. Well, it, bad, it, exactly. Relatively bad. Like exactly. if it's not. But like if it's like, it's like designed to be like, oh, people aren't watching this, so we're not going to show it. It's like it really has to be a very cringy, bad video for it to go viral because it's bad. Like, you know how like The Room, the movie The Room, you know that movie? I've heard of it. But yeah, I... it's like considered to be like a very, very bad movie. And it's a viral cult classic because of that. Yep. That's not going to happen to you. Like, <laughs> I just bring up the worst possible scenario. I'm like, don't worry, though. It's not going to be that you won't you won't be the laughing stock of the Internet, I bet. <laughs> you know, but you won't. You really won't. Like the, the way the algorithm, the pipes are designed is like only good shit that's resonating and people are watching will be shown. So if you make something that you're not sure about, you don't have to worry about people seeing it. Yeah. And, and that goes for me, too. I, you know, I should be looking in the mirror to say this, but I believe things, and I know they're going to be true, but to then adopt them to my own life is, is harder said than done, but I, I, do, I do know it's true. It's easier to give it the advice to somebody else and then taking it yourself yeah, can I, sometimes be the, the difficult part. Yeah, because I have like comedian friends that are like, oh, dude, I don't know about it. I'm like, dude, who gives a fuck? But... If I was in their shoes, I'd be like, oh, same thing. So, you know, you just need the outside perspective sometimes. Yeah, the best advice I've heard on this is from my friend Natalie Eisen, who says, imagine your child was coming to you with the thing that you're thinking about right now. How would What advice would you give them? Mm. So I will end this podcast with that idea. And I'm oh, so yeah. grateful for you for coming on. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm honored. This is, uh, I, I, I love this. I was so flattered to be asked uh, this was very enjoyable hell yeah so send people and where would you like to connect people with you um my instagram sean malay s-e-a-n-m-i-l-l-e-a -L -L -E and i like to do this thing where i give a little secret phrase dm me the secret phrase so i know you got to this point in the pod hell yeah i love that uh let's see purple plant purple plant that's the secret phrase give this man a bunch of purple plants let's go Purple plant emojis. Hell yeah. Enjoyed. Sweet. Thank you. Appreciate you.